Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone. Finally, on the program on SEN eleven seventy AM in Sydney, SENQ six ninety three in Brisbane, and sixteen twenty on the Gold Coast. And a good morning to our friends tuning in via the SEN app. There'll be plenty over in the West at the moment. Are up bright and early listening to the program. All in readiness for day two of the first test between Australia and Pakistan. The Aussies well positioned at five for three forty six. The innings headlined, of course, by. The besieged David Warner's 164 and what is now surely his third last test match, although strange things have happened. Adam Collins heading up the call for SEN and he joins me live on the line right now. Morning, Colo. Yes, good morning to you. I think your proposition is correct there. David Warner will get his preferred farewell at the SCG. That much is confirmed. Well, you did joke on air yesterday. I heard much of the call. You know, what if he decides afterwards, hey, just kidding, I might might bat on and, and, and feast on the West Indies? <laughs> I mean, I mean, it would be very in keeping with David Warner's contrary mm. personality, would it not? Uh, no, I, I can't see it happening because it's very few... Well, not many cricketers get to choose their own dismount mm. point. Full stop. I mean, typically, it's a, it's a bit like politicians, right? Like most careers end in tears. Um, it, it's not often you can go out. I'm not, I'm not saying Warner's on top necessarily, but going out on your own terms is a, is a luxury. And he's been afforded that on the basis of a massive career. He went past Michael Clark and Matthew Hayden for runs in Test cricket yesterday. Um, now, nobody in Test cricket has scored more runs at a high strike rate than David Warner. It gives you a sense of the, the overall contribution he's made, and those bulk numbers do... Uh, contribute to that tale. So, yeah, Warner will be there at Boxing Day where he made 200 last year and he'll get to um, have that final goodbye at his home ground against the side who he's enjoyed devouring over well, a decade now. He's had a great record against Pakistan and yesterday contributes to it too. Indeed. I think it was PJ Keating who said at the end of the day, we all get carried out in the box. Um, hopefully that's not the case exactly. for, uh, for D Warner. <laughs> you know, the thing about it is, and we still on the text line, Colo, get, get knockers in the world. You know, the, the disparity between the home and away record, no, it's only Pakistan. Mm. So you can only play against who you can play. But I mean, if you look at this card, he's had 47% of that 346 with that 164. It's just, I don't know, particularly, I suppose, post Cape Town, what more he can do. There'll always be a part of the cricketing community and, and the community at large who won't accept David Warner and, and probably didn't to be blunt before Cape Town. Yeah. Um, Cape Town reinforced opinions of Warner uh, and I think he's at peace with that. I think he's been at peace with that for a really long time. He's a, he's a cricketer who's there to make runs, not to be loved. He's not, you know, to stick with our political analogy, trying to get elected to anything. So um, David Warner, I think, uh, will enjoy a very happy post-cricketing life knowing that, uh, a lot of people respect what he did as a batsman primarily, 
Uh, and look, yes, you can you can point to his diminishing returns over the last couple of years. That's palpably true. However, um, as far as what he's able to do when he's on, like yesterday, scoring as quickly as he did, it does rather sharpen the focus yep. on who's going to replace him at the top yep. of the list, doesn't it? Because how many people can score the sort of strike rate he can in the first session of a Test series? He's one of a select few in the history of Test cricket who do that. And when they're you know, running through those who might be uh, playing in, in Adelaide and Brisbane later in the summer, Renshaw, Harris and, and Bancroft are the three who uh, are duking it out at the moment for that spot. None of them do that particular thing. They do plenty right. They make a lot of runs, but they don't mm. score at that kind of tempo. So um, there'll need to be a recalibration of the Australian test team post-David Warner because he's been this enterprising player. Who, and, I, and I quite like the fact that he's bringing some of his white ball tricks back to red ball cricket right at the very end. It's like he's gone full circle. Yeah, totally. And he'd be buoyed by his performances in the World Cup, and that's a thing. And people want to say, well, white ball cricket's not red ball cricket. But in the case of David Warner, who has played so much cricket, he knows his game. He just needs to feel the ball in the middle of the bat, and that's enough for mm. him. But, you know, it's been said that that 164 probably justifies to some extent, the leniency that has been showed by selectors, coupled with the fact that the three you mentioned there weren't banging the door down, I guess, in terms of, of strike rate. And that's the, almost the assessment of Warner, isn't it? That knowing how quickly in the clip he can score, that you felt that he was just always that kind of one knock away? Yeah, I think that's right. And, and look, he, he's not asking to play on now in perpetuity. He, he's designated when he wants to retire. So if he wasn't making runs here, I did ask Pat Cummins this before the test match in the interview we do, it, do with him on our coverage. And um, Pat didn't emphatically say that Warner would make it through to Sydney. He said that he was picked uh. for this test match and that, like everybody, he'd be judged on his returns. I think it's within the realms of possibility if Warner has a double failure at Perth that he gets dropped before Boxing Day. I, I don't want to um, brush over that point. I, I do genuinely think that Warner was picked here, but uh, on the understanding that he needed to con- continue to make a contribution uh, to ensure that he got what he wanted. But, of course, a century here um, shuts that conversation down. It does. Look, he wrote his luck a bit, and that's not his fault, of course. Uh, the thing about it is there's something in this pitch, and, and the complexion of the match could have looked a bit different if had Pakistan firstly put the ball in the right areas and then, secondly, mm. taken their catches. And, you know, even the 79th over before the second new ball was taken, and I think there was a time we were wondering if they'd even get to 80 overs, Pakistan, yeah. given the slow over rates. But th- there is something in this pitch, isn't there? And, and look, Australia will take the 346. Yeah, good pitch. I thought yesterday. You know, you're right. There's something there. Not 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 huge amounts. It's not it's not the whacker of 1989. Um, but you know, it's 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 also not the whacker of 2015, um, which was a a dead surface that um, that brought the end of Mitchell Johnson's career in the space of three days when he said, "I can't do this anymore, running in on pitches like this uh, dead in Australia." So um, since they've moved across the river, uh, the surfaces here at Perth have given more. It is a drop in. So typically, we think of drop in drop ins being. Uh, more docile, but for whatever reason, the technology here at Perth being a new stadium and a new drop-in, they seem to have got the balance right. Uh, And this does feel like a pitch which, over the course of five days, will give plenty to fast bowlers. And and with a bit of luck, it might break up and give something to the spinners as well. And truth told, there really is only one spinner in this test match. I know Salman bowled 22 overs yesterday for Pakistan, but Nathan Lyon is the only true, genuine number one spinner in this test match. He's enjoyed a great record here across a couple of test matches, picked up a, a six for on the final day this time last year. So, yeah, big tick for the pitch so far, and, and there has been something there. I can see the Bison putting the foot down in the first session and a half, uh, looking at the crystal ball. Uh, what do you think Australia might do? You know, get to the 500, think about a declaration and, and have a lash before tea, potentially, or just after tea? Yeah, it's a long... 
it's a long way between now and then. Remembering they are five down and the second new ball yeah. is only a few overs old. So if they were to lose an early wicket, it could change the complexion of that. I know that we in Australia are conditioned to them batting for five sessions, declaring and running amok with the ball. And fair enough, right? This is the this is the game plan for Australia over decades. Batting first on the first day of a series, making the visiting bowlers toil uh, and then making the most of it and taking advantage of the situation they've gotten themselves into. But um, yeah, they're, they're only two wickets away from it being a slightly different conversation. So I think they'll be more circumspect early on, uh, treat the second new ball with a degree of respect and then see where they're at after that. But the key thing for Australia will be Marsh and Kerry getting themselves back in, not taking any undue risks and seeing where they are, maybe um, 45 minutes to 60 minutes into play. No, they should have the, st- the score near enough to 400 by then. Uh, yeah. And then they've got uh, a variety of options as to how they could play it thereafter. But I think your your broader point about Mitch Marsh is correct, but uh, at home, he, he would love to put on a show for his fans here. Yeah, Shazad, I thought, impressed mightily with that second new ball. Slow overrates, we touched upon it. I think they got through only 50 in the first couple of sessions. You could write a thesis about it, couldn't you, Colin? Dare I say you, you have, um, you know, there's talks about shot clocks. Uh, is there a, a, a perfect solution here? We haven't got a perfect solution yet, but I'm really pleased we've started having the conversation because we'll find one, right? For a long yep. time, front foot no balls were a problem that we thought were intractable. It's a solution. We didn't quite know how we were going to resolve that. We fixed it. Third umpire deals with it. The errors that were being made by central umpires not calling front foot no balls, that became the, the major challenge towards the end of that era. It was that umpires were so scared of calling front foot no balls, they called none of them, and that, that, that has its own problems um, built in. So th- that's resolved, and I, I feel relaxed about um, us moving to a shot clock style where there is discretion there. There's going to have to be discretion for the central umpires, and that's part of them helping run the game with the captains. It's always uh, been that way, that the umpires out in the middle have a responsibility for the way the game works. But equally, having some guidelines in place about needing to, for example, um, get through uh, within 60 seconds from over to over, they're implementing that you know, on a trial basis in yeah. the Caribbean starting this week in a T20 series between the West Indies and England. So let's see how that works. Oh, my sense was that's a bit lenient, not, not the 60 seconds, but I think you needed to... Um, uh, fall short of that three times before you adopt any penalty runs or whatever it is. So it might have even been five times. A- anyway, my point is is that they're, they're seeing how that works in the first instance. And if it has some success, then I, uh, I can see it coming to a, a test series soon. Uh, the other thing, it, it won't just be about end of overs, though. It'll be about, I think, between balls, ultimately, because we saw what happened in England this year mm-hmm. when Ben Stokes, and Pat comes to an extent, but really Ben Stokes, was slowing the game down as much as he could, as much as he could as captain. You know, we had 90-second consultations, ball to ball. It was ridiculous. Overs were taking 10 minutes, and they didn't care. Um, they got stung harshly with World Test Championship points, but um, I, I think they thought being members of the old big three, they could have them overturned, and Usman Kalaja <laughs> wrote directly yes. to the ICC and had some success with that as well. So, um, you know, uh, there, there are rules for some and, and rules for others with these things from time to time, and... Uh, they might have thought they could have gotten away with it. But no, I think the, the conversation's moved on from there to how do we fix it? Uh, and we might be able to use the World Test Championship points as a, a, as a stick, but, but where's the incentives there for players to get through their overs that they're meant to in a given day? Yeah, I think Stokes' defence was, well, they were entertained. I'm not sure that's going to quite cut it. Maybe, I'm not a fan of run penalties, Collar, but maybe you eat into the luncheon break because I can tell you, you know, they say Lords has the best best lunch anywhere on the planet and there's no way they're going to miss out on those cucumber sandwiches. Mate, just very quickly before we let you go, I know you're a student of the history of the game. Anybody that tunes into your your wonderful Final Word podcast along with Jeff, Crash has put a list, uh, my pleasure, a list of his top ten Aussie batsmen of all time. 
today. And he's got Brabham, Steve Smith, Border Ponting Chapel, Hayden, War, Warner, Clark and Gilchrist. Now, I couldn't have Border at three as much as I love Alan Robert, but he'd be in the top ten. I can't have Warner as high as eight, but I couldn't have Gilchrist at ten. So I flicked a message to Crash and he said, ha-ha, it's all good fun. I was looking for a bit of a stoush, but I think, hello, Neil Harvey, hand up, even Hussey. You know, yes. it's, 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 it's a good debate to have, albeit futile at times. Yeah, uh, and you go back to the 19th century as well with the smaller sample sizes, Billy Murdoch, for example, um, yeah. Trumper in the early Trumper, 20th century. I mean, it, it, Ponsford, these things yeah. are very, very difficult. Yeah, Ponsford, you look at raw numbers, you look at averages, and um, what you need to do is weigh them against what scores were at the time and playing on uncovered pitches. And, yeah, I think we sometimes get a bit fixated on what's happened in our own lifetimes. And, uh, yes, there, there were greats, true greats of cricket that happened well before you and I were born. Um, and I'm sure in 100 years' time, when they're having a similar debate, they'll go, who is that, who is that Warner bloke? He only averaged 45. He, was, he must yeah. have been much chop. Um, Rubbish. And they won't realise how he revolutionised opening the batting in Test cricket for Australia and, and, and bringing us full circle to the start of our conversation there, I suppose. Great to get your thoughts as always, Colo. Go over spell, do some, uh, I don't know, commentary box calisthenics, uh, and we'll catch you and Whitey <laughs> in the call in about 45 minutes' time. Thank you, my friend. Cheers, I enjoyed it. There he is, uh, Adam Collins, uh, SEN commentator. All set for day two. Australia five, resuming at five for three hundred and forty-six. So four five seven seven three six seven three six. The open line number one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Julian King on SEN Summer Morning.